Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt. Starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide and absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest, I mean the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on, Mrs. Sheila Weber. She's with National Marriage Week USA. It's a campaign to encourage marriage, reduce divorce rates, curtail poverty, and benefit children. NationalMarriageWeekUSA.org is their website. They're kicking off a week of marriage strengthening and hosted events across the United States during the week of February the 7th through the 14th. So it culminates on Valentine's Day, if you will. And the National Marriage Week USA organization has put together a toolkit with ideas for how to promote marriage in your community, a list of trusted resources, and a bunch of marriage-strengthening events via a national calendar or uh, that anybody uh, can participate in. I thought it was pretty neat stuff. Did you know that it's Marriage Week? All right, let's bring on the good sheriff. Welcome back, Sheriff Mack. Hey, well, thanks, Sam. It's great to be with you. My voice is a little bit out of sorts. Uh, did a lot of yelling at the basketball game last night. All right. Well, that's good. You ought to do that. What do you think of this uh, marriage week? Did you know we had marriage week going on? It's been happening since 2010, so for 10 years, from the 7th of February to the 14th of February. It's called National Marriage Week, and there's an organization that literally specifically promotes this big time. They've been covered by every news organization imaginable. And the news organizations say, man, if we gave attention to this like we do on the war on drugs or like we do on you know, climate change, or like we do on, man, we could sure make a difference here. And what I find fascinating is the mainstream press set, make statements like that. Every one of them has these people on, so it's, it's not like they haven't covered it. But it is like they haven't taken it wall to wall, and I bet you don't even know about it, or most people don't even know about it. But yet, in my opinion, if there's one critical topic for the moral fabric of America, this is it, buddy. What do you say to all that? That would be it, yes. And, and when you were saying that in your opening i uh i had to say uh i've never heard of it i really and, and by the way to be clear not to to point at you for not knowing i didn't know till they sent me a press release on it also and this is what i do every day sir right right of course yeah uh it puts you uh way in the know so um yeah i, I i'm 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 really glad it's there i mean uh i certainly celebrate that along with them um Don and I will be married uh, 45 years uh, in May, May 20th. Uh, so uh, we're celebrating it with everybody. And, and, you know, Sam, every time that I tell somebody, uh, total strangers or whoever, uh, at a grocery store, somebody will say, 
Donna makes some comment, you know, she, I said, well, she's been bossing me around for 45 years. I think I can go another 45, you know, so, <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's all tongue in cheek and Don is really is. a good sport about it when I do, when I say stuff like that, but you know, she beats me up when we get home. So, you know, it all, there you go. it's all even, just as but, she should. Uh, you know, we really have had a, a good marriage. We've had some real strains and ups and downs and, uh, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's something that we have said to each other that we're committed, you know, when we, when we took our vows, we said for better or worse, you know, and, uh, everybody has their imperfections and their nuances and, and their weird and their weirdnesses. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm serious about that. Yes, Every one sir. of us have them. And, uh, but we have said, no, we, we look past those and we just say, you know, we we're committed to each other. She's my bride. I'm keeping her. And I'm grateful that she has, uh, over the years, decided to keep me. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not always easy to live with, and uh, she, every now and again, isn't. Um, me more than her, uh, I'm sure. But uh, I, I'm so grateful that we've stayed together and grateful for our posterity. And I, uh, I really look forward to uh, growing old with her and... Uh, her parents are not doing well at all. I'm sure that her dad is going to, that he's in his last year of life right now. And um, I, I'm I'm really grateful that uh, marriage is out there and being touted because it is being blasted, uh, if not even uh, a, a form of brainwashing going on in our country, uh, that you, you don't really need to be married. And you, you, it's, a, it's an institution that has failed or long gone and, and, and so I'm, I'm really grateful to hear that that organizations out there pushing that. Yeah. And what's interesting is they really uh, they're a non-religious organization. So they say we want to sec- talk about this in the secular uh, segment of society. And they're glad to have any religious organization to be part of it. They're just saying it's not religious in nature. Their main focus is, hey, when you look at the st- statistics in society and in uh, and everywhere you look, whether it has to do with safety and stability for women to same thing for children, to financial stability and the, the rejection of poverty. For example, they say, um, you know, there's a significant portion of poverty directly relates to the fact that people aren't married. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, Sam, I have nothing against uh, the LGBTQ, whatever that is, homosexuals, whatever, I really have nothing against them. I have a nephew that is quite open about his homosexuality, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, I'm not sure where it comes from or how it happens. Um, I, I'm, I've said some things about both sides there, and I don't really want to get into a big discussion about that. But I really am not ready, nor do I want a Mister and Mrs. a Mister and Mister a Mister and Mister in the White House. I think Buddy Gage is a, a okay person, but I do not want him to be president, and that is one of the reasons. And I'm I'm sorry, but I, that's that's the truth. I understand, and, and we'll get into the presidential deal in just a second. Now, I get your point. By the way, yesterday Kurt and I talked about a chef and TV personality. The guy's name is Andrew Zimmern. Andrew Zimmern. Believe it or not, this guy goes from being homeless 
to celebrating 28 years of sobriety, Sheriff. Wow. Well, you know, and and I certainly admire people like that. You know, I've never been addicted to any substance like that at all. Uh, maybe, maybe ice cream is is my addiction. I don't know. And I I haven't had ice cream for uh, you know two weeks now or whatever. I don't have it that often. I need to stay away from it. And I need to lose twenty five pounds. But uh, I, I really admire people who have been able to conquer something like that. I, I know I've seen people my entire career. Uh, have seen it in my family. And uh, I, I really hate addictions. I hate drugs with a passion. Although I believe that uh, they should be decriminalized, uh, I don't believe government has any right to uh, interfere with my own stupidity or my own appetites uh, or anyone else's. But at, at the same time, I really wish there was an easy solution to this sort of thing. And I guess the easiest solution is never start. Never, never. Start. Amen to that. All right. Um, Democratic leader on Iowa. He says enough is enough. DNC chief Tom Perez or Tom Perez, I guess, says, hey, we got to have a re-canvas. Yeah. Now, first off, do you know what a re-canvas is? Yeah, redo the whole vote. Well, kind of. It's not a re-caucus, though, right? Yeah, I guess not. I guess and, I'd have to ask you, what do you mean by re-canvas? Well, I don't know, and that's the point that I'm driving at. Is I don't, I don't know what that means, okay, because uh, if a re-canvas is a re-vote, that's not the same as a re- caucus redo. And if you have a caucus that goes wrong and puts, say, Biden on the bottom and uh, Warren on the bottom and I don't know what Betacheek or however you say this guy's name is, um, and Sanders on top, and then you just go back and re-vote. I'm not so sure how that helps. Um, I am convinced that election tampering happened in that scenario. They didn't have any backup plans, Sheriff. They didn't uh, run two parallel systems to test the new system. From what I understand, the new system was an app that was hastily created. They drove people to the app. People couldn't even download or install and or log into the app. Uh, When they got that done, people tried to call the backup lines they were given and got no answers. Um, You know, people were trying to, okay, they had caucus uh, what do you want to call it? Professionals or whatever you want to say. They have people that were doing these caucuses for literally decades before this. And every one of those people was sidelined by the new technology. But there was no vetting of that technology. There was no statewide testing of that technology. I mean, you could have seen this fiasco coming a mile away. I believe it was on purpose, Sheriff. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, and maybe not, maybe not the incompetence. Uh, was intentional, but I believe it was intentional to finagle the outcome. Uh, I really do. Uh, as soon as they said there were, it was reported on the news inconsistency, and so they were trying to redo that. I said, "Oh, Democrats strike again." You know. Well, and Kurt's comment on it was deja vu. Yeah. And my comment was, I believe it's intentional. Yeah, so do I. No All question. right. And I got a bunch of news for you. We'll talk about it. The good chair's with me for two hours, ladies and gentlemen. Shall we talk about the IRS? All right, hang on. Good news in the IRS, Sheriff. Can you believe it? Hold on. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. 
They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt, and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. Defendapatriot.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bush, one of the good sheriff, Richard Mack, breaking things down just for you on a Saturday morning. A lot of stories we've kind of talked about a little bit, but we want to get the good sheriff's take, number one and number two. A lot of them we haven't vetted in near enough detail. I got good news when it comes to the IRS. I know that sounds kind of strange, but give me a chance here and see what you say. The bad news is that the wealthy and the poor are most likely to get audited. That's the bad news, Sheriff. Now, the good news is that getting audited by the IRS is a lot less certain than it used to be. Now, they used to say, hey, the only two certainties in life are death and taxes. But now they say your likelihood of getting audited is a lot less than it used to be. In fact, an audit is about half as likely as it was five years ago. What do you say to that? Well, thank goodness for that. Uh, I've never been audited, so I guess I better... uh knock on wood there, but uh, I, I really don't I'm know. sure somebody can arrange something for point. you, sir, if you want, you know. I don't think I would cooperate. And I think I would uh, contest it on Fourth Amendment grounds and Fifth Amendment grounds. Um, I have a, a friend uh, who's a husband of a teacher at our school here, and he said he's been audited several times. And, uh, you know, they're they're average Americans, uh, you know, middle income cl- class, and and uh, he said every time every time they audit me, he says they actually end up owing me more money. And I said, do they pay you? He said, yes. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, uh, my dad had the same experience, and uh, my dad proved that they had not just made a mistake, but had lied and fabricated evidence against him, just as 
um, Jennifer Long testified, and just as we've heard from Joe Bannister, former uh, IRS agent, uh, that uh, they never paid my dad a dime after he proved that uh, that they owed him several hundred dollars. Yeah, but your dad's a special case, man. I I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I I thought it was kind of weird, but uh, this is the the fact is. Uh, the evidence was extremely strong that they had uh, fabricated evidence against citizens who they knew would not be able to uh, afford to defend themselves, and so that they would just pay it, and uh, and and that's what they thought my dad was going to do, and he didn't, and he was really upset with them, and it changed my dad's view of how corrupt uh, government was that he worked for for thirty five years, so. Uh, you know, uh, I have nothing but disdain for the IRS and for politicians who have allowed this organization to exist. I've said it here, and I'll say it again. Freedom, individual liberty, cannot coexist with the IRS as presently constituted. They should have to follow the Constitution. They should not be allowed random audits that are completely baseless and foreign to uh, the Fourth and Fifth Amendments of, of the U.S. Constitution. And they do not have any right to violate those rights. You're right about that. Now, the other good news about it, from what I understand, is that the uh, IRS has uh, been reduced in their finances quite a bit, and they've been reduced in their staff quite a bit. And believe it or not, two people get credit for that. Since it's been five years since it's been reducing in audits, you've got to give Barack Obama some credit for it to some degree. Secondly, though, Donald Trump gets the most credit. Number one, he rejected the health care scenario, which would have given the uh, IRS a whole lot more ability or expanded power to attack all of us. So Donald shut that down by rejecting the health care forced mandate for uh, government health care backed by the IRS. So Donald shut that down. But both presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, get some credit for reducing the number of audits. It's half as likely now as it was five years ago that the average American will get audited. And they've reduced the dollars by the tune of billions. And they've reduced the employees by about 30% from what we understand. My response, Sheriff, is how do we have them continue? How do we in the next two years, you know, how do we accelerate that stuff? How do we hit the, how do we put the pedal to the metal on that sucker? Well, I, I certainly uh, hope right along with you that that does happen, and that is the case, uh, because they need to be way reined in. And I can see the existence of something like that, but first of all, would we really need the IRS that much or any kind of organization to look at no, of course not. Tax, taxing, uh, uh, taxing oversight if we did not have the federal income tax, which we should not have in the first place. Yeah, you're right. And, and abolition is no doubt the, the goal that I would push for big time. All I'm telling you is if, they're pro, if there's progress, if I'm less likely to be audited, if Donald Trump stopped the massive expansion into health care, uh, if there's less employees and less money, it's not as far as I would go, that's for sure. But I'm going to applaud the efforts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly would do the same. And uh, if Barack Obama did it, man, I you know I never heard that he had ever uh, done it at all because I know that he used the IRS to go after uh, political organizations and, yes. and people who were against him. And how uh, much they really did it versus how much was, 
you know, attrition without hiring or how much was less budget because of different needs to rob the budget for things. I mean, how much of it was really for our intent versus just a reality of changes, I don't know. So I, I'm not telling you that, that Barack Obama literally said, I'm going to, you know, close down or reduce or the size and scope of the IRS intentionally. I, I don't know about that. All I'm yeah. telling you is that that has happened and it's good news and it happened partly under his watch. And this is the difference between me and most bureaucrats and politicians and talk show hosts and newsmakers and partisan, whatever you call them, and all those guys. I'm just here to tell you the facts and to tell you I'm glad about both of it. And, hey, if Brock gets some credit or whoever else, I don't care. I'm just glad it's happening. And you know what? We need to be willing to give credit when credit's due sometimes, even if it's an oversight and unintentional by Brock. It still happened, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I echo that exactly. If it's moving in the right direction, man, I am going to stand up and applaud. All right. I got a bunch of interesting news for you here. There's a headline out of Oklahoma that I want to bounce off you, Sheriff, because it's really interesting. It says this. Oklahoma State ponders telling the feds to take their regs and go away. A new committee at the state level could determine whether Washington's actions are constitutional. Now listen carefully, and this is the reason that I bring this up for you. There's a lawmaker there that's drilling into this and pushing this hard, saying, listen, you know what? Um, We can tell the state, or the state can tell the Fed to just go away with their regulations. And then here's, and and they talk about the, the actions, they're not constitutional, this one lawmaker says. And here's what he says, and here's why I'm specifically saving a headline from another day for you, Sheriff. He then goes on and says this, quote, such commands are fundamentally incompatible with our constitutional system of dual sovereignty. He quotes my case without mentioning my case? Yes, sir. As far as I can tell. Well, God bless him. That's why I'm bringing it up. I mean, literally, literally, he says our constitutional system of dual sovereignty. Now, in modern times, I've only heard that from Scalia in your case. And I'm bringing it up because they're talking about it. It's in Oklahoma. It's a valid, accurate, spot-on point. The lawmaker gets it, and they're using even the proper language um, by the what um, majority opinion in your Supreme Court case as guidance. It's incredible. Wow, that's amazing. Man. Good for him. I mean, I would have preferred the the quote from the case, but you know, you know what? For what he was doing, uh, more power to him. Great job, man. Amen. Now, there's a possibility he doesn't even know about the case. He just understands the um, the truth somewhere else or whatever. And the reason I bring it up is maybe we need to hunt this congressman or this state congressman down uh, yeah. and get it in his hands and help him and say, you know what, sir, you're spot on. Here's the backing for your claims. Or, your, you know, and either he'll go, yeah, you're right. I know about this. Or he'll go, whoa, really? And either way, we need to, to kind of team up with this guy and work with him. We have, uh, and Sam, probably even the more powerful part of the decision is when Scalia actually quotes the um, the the Federalist Papers. And uh, yes, uh, not because it's really more important. The principle is the same. The only reason you're saying it's more important is because it really. Um, ties back to the founding fathers and their intent, their original intent. Right, yes, That's why you're saying on that, right? nine on my little uh, Victory for State Sovereignty booklet that does a review of the highlights of the Scalia decision. And it says this, 
Uh, again, this is Federalist Paper uh, or Federalist Number Fifty One at three twenty three, and it says this. Hence, and again, I'm reading right from the Mac Prince uh, Supreme Court decision. Hence, a double security arises to the rights of the people. The different governments will control each other. At the same time, each will be controlled by itself. We're going to take a pause. We're going to come back, and I'm going to have the sheriff repeat exactly what he just said, because this is critical, fundamental education brought forward from the founders through Richard Mack or the Prince Mack case, where they beat Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court in modern times, doubled down by Scalia, and now carried forth by Oklahoma lawmakers? You gotta dig it. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The Trump administration has reassigned Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who was one of the impeachment witnesses during the inquiry. His twin brother was also reassigned. He was escorted out of the White House only a few hours after the president revealed he still holds a grudge against him. Well, I'm not happy with him. You think I'm supposed to be happy with him? I'm not. In a statement, Vindman's lawyer said the truth has cost Vindman his job, his career, and his privacy. There was also retribution against Ambassador Gordon Sondland, who was recalled by the president. In China, the deadly coronavirus has now killed an American citizen. Americans who were evacuated from Wuhan, the epicenter of the virus, arrived in the U.S. on Friday. They'll be quarantined for two weeks. So far, 720 people have died. This is USA Radio News. If you're thinking about life insurance from low-cost term to business or estate coverage or perhaps a small policy to cover your final expenses, why spend more than you have to? Hi, I'm John David Wells from The Wells Report. Since 1986, AccuQuote has helped hundreds of thousands of folks save a fortune on their life insurance by quickly comparing the rates, features, and financial strength of dozens of top-rated life insurance products right over the phone. Want some examples? A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half-million-dollar 10-year level term policy for less than 40 Five bucks a month. Oh, you say you're 60? No problem. Under 120 bucks a month. 20 or 30 year terms. Even permanent plans are available. Okay, so you might have some health problems, huh? Lots of us do, but the experts at AccuQuote will still work with you to find the best affordable policy. To find out how much you can save, call AccuQuote today. 877-439-8830. That's 877-439-8830. 877-439-8830. AccuQuote. Call them today. Rates, policy forms, and availability vary by state. In New Hampshire, some of the Democratic candidates for the White House came together for debates on an ABC stage ahead of Tuesday's primary. According to recent polls, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is the leading candidate there. I'm very proud that in Iowa, we won the popular vote by 6,000 votes. Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who practically tied Sanders in Iowa, spoke about his drug policy. What I'm calling for is that we end the use of incarceration as a response. This week, there's been some dangerous and deadly weather. At least five people have been killed. Ooh, literally in a tornado. Two tornadoes were reported in Maryland. There were no injuries, but there was major damage, with homes destroyed and trees uprooted. Large pine trees just fell down like they were toothpicks. At Warwick High School in central Pennsylvania, people were stunned. It just had a whistle to it. It, it lasted last long. 
I, as soon as I heard it, the roof came off. You're listening to USA Radio News. All right, I'm Sam Bushman. I've got the good sheriff with me, Sheriff Richard Mack. We're talking about a Supreme Court decision. You say, why, Sam? That came out like in the 90s. I know. I get it. And that's pretty modern times, isn't it? And really, we go right back to Article, well, I should say, uh, Federalist Paper 51, uh, the Founding Father era. That was a couple of hundred years ago. But the principles remain the same if you believe in the majority decision in the Prince Mack case. And the principles remain the same. If you're this Oklahoma state representative, which is the dual sovereignty discussion about, hey, governments have an obligation, a duty to keep each other in check. Sheriff, rewind and make the very statement you made right before the commercial cut you off and then continue, please. From Federalist Paper, number 51, at 323, Scalia actually puts that reference in there, quoting, Hence, a double security arises to the rights of the people. And aren't we glad about that, Sam? Aren't we glad we have a double security to our rights? Well, and this is additional. No, most people know about the division of powers. They sure. think about it um, you know, vertically or whatever or horizontally. It's both. But this adds even more to that restriction of power, sir. Correct. Going on, continuing the quote, the different governments, the Different governments, state, county, local, city, those different governments all throughout the country, all the different governments, quoting again, the different governments will control each other. At the same time, each will be controlled by itself. So, end quote. So the question is, do we see a federal government today that controls itself at all? Um, Heck no. Just as, just as we pointed out, and you po- have pointed out, Trump has started to try to control the federal government probably more than any other president in uh, the last hundred years. So, uh, But it is still, as the legislator from Oklahoma that you put it out, put out uh, yes, they are trying and they're start- people are starting to see that this case, uh, reinstituted the Tenth Amendment and state sovereignty. I don't even know how to respond to this uh, because I. Uh, how do we get this fundamental understanding into the modern day bureaucrats' vernacular uh, and understanding to carry it out, sir? I mean, this is really the answer, as far as I can tell, at least on a political side, to every problem we face. It really is. And, and it just re, re-emphasizes the power of the sheriff because he is the one that is the bottom line. He is the last line of defense. When things get out of control uh, and when government comes in to your communities and tries to uh, force inoculations or force uh, people to... Uh, go to school or to eat certain things or that we can't have homeschooling or to take children away from parents uh, because they uh, do something the government doesn't like. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about not obeying a doctor 
uh, or uh, similar things to that, because that has already happened. Uh, we've seen it happen. If somebody doesn't give chemotherapy to their child who has cancer, they'll come in and take the child away and force them to get chemotherapy. Um, so, I, you know, uh, my mom refused chemotherapy when when she had breast cancer. And uh, so, you know, uh, what should they have come in and confiscated my mom from us and charged us with elderly abuse? Uh, no. So... Any time the federal government comes in. Yeah, in fact, when you put it that way, it's absurd, right, Sheriff? It is. And not only that, Sam, if you want to stop the IRS abuses, what if, Sam, what if 1,500 sheriffs in this country, or uh, let's say 10 sheriffs out of the 15 in Arizona, 10 sheriffs, and what if we had the miracle that all 15 Arizona sheriffs said, IRS, there will be no more random, baseless audits conducted on the citizens of our state, nor the citizens within our individual counties. Why? Because why? Because there's no literal probable cause that justifies your random efforts. Correct. That's why. Correct. And so we have sheriffs that are uh, dedicated to protecting the citizens from the overreach of government. And... There's still going to be people say, "Well, how would the how would we collect? How would we make sure everybody's paying their fair share?" You know what? How is according to the Constitution? That is how. Well, and no it's a, and it's a fair question to ask, but it's a it's kind of a clown question in that we did that for literally well over a hundred years before the IRS even came on the scene. So yeah, exactly, hey, it's a clown question because we just show the ignorance on our education when we ask a question uh-huh. like that. Exactly. Now, by the way, the bill filed in the Oklahoma Senate would create a mechanism to review federal laws, and then uh, it would put state cooperation with enforcement for those who tend to, quote, violate. The guy's name is Rep. Nathan Dom. Uh, he's a Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. He filed Senate Bill 1477. The Oklahoma Sovereignty Act is what it's called. And I put all this in your email, Sheriff, so you can find this guy and we can work on it. Anyway, it would set up a permanent joint task force. They call it a joint legislative committee to review the constitutionality of federal laws, agency rules. Um, anyway, it goes on. Executive orders, court decisions, etc. And then they would basically make a final declaration of the constitutionality using the intent of the Founding Fathers. I mean, just imagine a guy like that today, sir. And the funny thing is, World Net Daily's talking about it. Sam Bushman and Kirk Cosby and Richard Mack are talking about it. But I don't see anybody else talking about it, sir. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Kind of like marriage, man. It's the unsung hero being flat-out ignored. Right. It's amazing. All right, anyway, let's move on. There's two people I want to talk to you about, Sheriff. And, and I'm covering a lot of stories that we covered before, but I wanted your take on them. Uh, and normally uh, you're with us on Fridays. But anyway, here's there's two stories. One headline says this. Greta Thunberg, you know, that's the little girl that's 17 that runs around the globe uh, who's got autism or whatever that tells you how you're ruining the planet, right? Yeah. Greta Thunberg, now she's nominated for a 2020 Nobel Peace Prize, sir. <laughs> And on one hand, we could laugh. On the other hand, it's not so funny. Yeah. Because you go, what on earth, right? 
Well, so here's my question to you. If you had the opportunity to nominate somebody uh, to be the to win the Nobel Peace Prize, who would you pick, sir? Well, I really like uh, Trump's pick of uh, Rush Limbaugh for the freedom citizen. And I don't, because Rush Limbaugh uh, is a self-declared water boy for the Republican Party. But other than that, I understand. No, but even when he, in the beginning, he really wasn't so much. You're correct. In the beginning, he actually did a pretty good job. You're right about that. Good yeah, point. And um, I, I really, really liked him. And he's talked about me a, a few times on his show. And uh, and I appreciated that. But uh, Never had the guts to interview you, but hey. Well, he doesn't usually interview uh, guests. You know, every now and again he will, but he, he, he he's pretty. He'll have politicians on every now and again. Not very many. Right. I understand. But, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I actually tried to get on with uh, Levine uh, a couple of times, and they said he doesn't do guests either, but that's kind of balderdash. Um, no, let's see, who would I pick for the Nobel Peace Prize? Roger that. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I would pick... Um, hmm. It's a very interesting question. That is. I mean, it would be easy to say you. Nah, but not me. Come on, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I would pick. Are you ready? And it might kind of stir some thoughts for you to consider. Yeah. There's a man who served two years in prison. At the end, he was guilty of nothing. He was away from his family for two years, his wife and children. He suffered immensely in solitary confinement a significant portion of the time. Many claim for political reasons as well. I would be one of them. Well, when he got hold on, when he got out, <clears throat> they literally tased his attorney in the courtroom. And uh, when he got out, he went home peacefully. And here's what the government said about this person: they said he was the most one of the most dangerous men in the world, the greatest one of the greatest dangerous domestic enemies in the world. Well, in the court case, it came out that they knew that wasn't true. They knew that was a flat-out lie, but they peddled the, quote, political porn anyway. This man is named Ammon Bundy, and here's the deal. Ammon Bundy just released a video, and the video is called A Voice of Gratitude and Encouragement, celebrating the Ammon Bundy two-year anniversary of his release. It's done by Ammon. It's about nine minutes long. I'll tell you about it, and let's talk about it. Being there with your child and being there for your child are two completely different things. One denotes a simple presence, which is a start, but can also be accomplished by someone other than you. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? See, that sheep did a fine job of being there with the child but it didn't do a very good job of being there for the child. Now listen to the difference an involved parent can make. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? I'm not very good at algebra, but do you have any English questions? Because I done real good in English. <laughs> oh, Mom. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, so the algebra problem didn't get solved, but something better happened. Mom was there for her child. And when you're really there, they'll know how much you care. 
from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. All right, so to celebrate the two-year anniversary of Ammon Bundy's release from prison, Ammon Bundy uh, creates a nine-minute video, nine, ten-minute video, Sheriff. And in there, he literally starts out and talks about his family and waking up with his kids. And then he was in prison for two years, and he uh, came out and got to celebrate his son's three-year birthday. Uh, And uh, he'd never been with his son ever. Now, I'm not saying he didn't meet his son once or whatever through the bars in prison, but I'm talking about really being with someone. And so it was the first time he was ever really able to be at an event with his kid as a free man kind of a thing since the kid was born. And he talks about how important God, family, and country are. And he talks about dreams that him and his brothers had while they were in prison. And the dreams basically um, highlighted really what was to come, almost visions. And he basically says, my brother had a dream about lions, and the lions were around the room, and we were in the center, and the big chief lion. Anyway, he goes on and explains the dream. I don't want to ruin it. You'll have to go watch the video. But all I'm telling you is he compares the dream that his brother had in prison to the courtroom and how the um, God stopped the lions from destroying them. And he comes out and celebrates the miracle of God. And that we, as men and women of faith, need to double down and trust in God. Uh, Anyway, he gives a a stirring speech in gratitude and appreciation and celebration for his freedom uh, and and highlighting kind of the wrongs that were done to them. Anyway, I bring this up because, um, you know, Ammon came out and was very peaceful. They claimed he was one of the most wicked, dangerous men in the world. It all turned out to be bogus. They even knew that it was a lie. They peddled the political porn for political gain. Uh, And the sad part is, we all knew that it wasn't true. I've sat at dinner with Ammon. I have prayed with Ammon. I'm telling you, it isn't true. Nevertheless, the reason that I bring this up is, if there's a man that you could, I don't want to say justify, but could understand calling for war, and a man domestically who might actually get enough people to consider it because of the wrongs that we feel that have been done to him, um, that is Ammon Bundy. But Ammon Bundy is coming out and preaching peace, teaching peace, setting the standard for forgiveness and repentance and change and peace. And instead of being angry and, and hate-filled as the Greta Thunberg is running around, Ammon's going, thank my God. 
people, we need to stand in the gap here. There are evil people that want to destroy our sacred agency and our liberty, and we have got to work together to stop them. Thank heavens I'm home with my family. Thank heavens I'm with my loved ones. Thank heavens for all of you who have supported me in my time of need, uh, says Ammon Bundy. And I'm telling you, I'm calling for Ammon Bundy, sir, to get the Nobel Peace Prize. If there's a man that would be, you could see how easy it would be for him to say, it's war now. He's saying 100% the opposite after he has been wronged by our government for over two years and they've taken away two years of his life. Okay? And, and he's literally then prince, talking about peace. They discovered that it was a $100 million stipend to attack the Bundys and, the, uh, and, and their supporters, if you will. $100 million is what the war chest was against them. He mentions that in the video. And you look at that, and the guy's not calling for war, sir. He's calling for peace. If that doesn't stand up and qualify, Sheriff, I don't know what does. Well, you've totally convinced me. Uh, I would have uh, had him on my list. Uh, he is a man without guile. Uh, he uh, has uh, a pure heart about all of, all of this, which you would have expected him to come out of prison. Uh, two years without ever being charged with anything, without ever going to trial, uh, a complete violation of, of the Constitution in, in so many different respects. And, uh, you know, both you and I have sat down with him, uh, and uh, you still see a man with a pure heart. Uh, and his dad, same thing. I mean, he, how many of his, you know, his dad was put in prison, uh, three or four of his brothers put in prison. Um you know, I, I did not agree with him going into the Malheur building the way he did. And I agree, and we've already talked, you know, we mentioned that, that before, and you're right, I agree with you completely. However, I do know that his intention to do it was pure. Agreed, sir. Uh, he, wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to take hostages, nor did he. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody, nor did he, nor has he ever. And so I am still, uh, what, entertained, if maybe that's not... I'm still amazed that the press and others that have tried to make this man out to be a dangerous person, what they can point out in his life that he's ever done that has even threatened another human being. And when he was tased and had a tase in his neck, and he literally yanked it out of his neck, and I'm, I'm really glad he didn't pop a blood vessel then, uh, but he just yanks it out of his neck and at the same time kicking a dog that's trying to attack him. Oh, yeah, the guy's tough as nails. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, my God. Been a rancher and a farmer his whole life. He's very tough and very strong. But, again, this humble-hearted man, sir. I, I, I'm not hard. in any way saying that he's not a tough rancher. He is. I'm just he telling is. you that he's got a humble heart and his feelings in that video and his humility and his dedication to the sacred cause to which we hold dear and his hum his willingness to forgive. There's no anger in his video, sir, either. There's sadness. There's disappointment. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. concern. No doubt about it. But there's not. I don't see anger in there. Now, I'm not saying that Ammon hasn't had an angry day either. I'm sure he's been angry and frustrated from time to time. Everybody gets that way. But as a whole, I'm telling you, Ammon Bundy is not an angry man, and he is not calling for war. He is tripling down and advocating for peace. Yeah, that's what I, and, and that's what I was going to say. His strength comes from his 
uh, humility. And uh, it and there is such power in humility, and there is such power in his humility, and the the his lack of bitterness is very exemplary. And yeah, I I would I would love to see him be considered for such. I was I was probably when I was thinking about that, I believe that I was really looking for somebody, oh like a Ron Paul. Uh, and, and see, I get it, and I think know. we naturally think of popular people, sadly, right. in our society, right? I, I, I'm right. guilty of it, too, because I started thinking that way. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when I watched this video and then I saw that Greta Thunberg story right at the same time, I, it just it just hit me over the head like a ton of bricks. It's like, are you kidding me? This girl runs around telling you that you're irresponsible, that what you've done is unforgivable, Sheriff, that she basically hates you because you don't care and you're destroying her and... Okay, and they're talking about a peace prize for her? Yeah, that's it. Even if you agree with her work, you can't say a peace prize. How is she advocating for peace? Yeah, even if you like her, you you still can't say, oh, yeah, uh, she gets the Nobel Peace Prize. What? Are you crazy? But in uh, modern times, honestly, who has been wronged more than, say, a, a, an Ammon Bundy? I mean, yeah. literally, the government made up evidence against him. They tased his attorney. He lost two years of his life. He was in yeah, solitary confinement. Know, I don't know who's got it worse. I would probably go with some of the guys that, to answer that question, I would go with somebody who, who's, who's done the same, who's been not bitter, who's been in prison 25, 30 years for something they never did. You know, And, and I agree with that, too. However, here's the difference. That. Here's the difference. I agree with you completely, but here's the difference in my mind. In those cases, most of the time, the government may be wrong on the facts, but I don't think it's a political vendetta intentional. It's a it's a misunderstanding or confusion or or not accurate evidence discussion. No, it was intentional. It was intentional. But you're right. There's no there was the only motive was for them to solve a case and and make personal gain out of it. Well, that you could know? be. And and so I've seen those, and I've seen people actually, for instance, like Alice Johnson was guilty of what she was accused of, but she was going to spend the rest of her life in prison. Yeah, make no mistake, we still think she should be released, even oh, so. That isn't and the point. She was. Right. But she what, she was in 20 years or so, but there was other people who, uh, black and white, uh, but a lot of them are black, who still come out and work, like Alice Johnson, work to get this done for other people. And so, boy, I wish they'd hurry up and get Sam Gerard out. But... Uh, I even thought of Sam Gerard. Uh, well, I, and I agree, I, Sam Gerard would be another one. But here's the difference, though, that I can see. <laughs> I think what they're doing again with Sam Gerard is completely wrong. But I'm not yeah. so sure that they are taking a political prisoner agenda no. against Sam Gerard and being hostile to put him in solitary confinement. He's not involved in politics. They're not. I understand, but they're not ta- tasing his attorney. They're not. Okay, Ammon Bundy, it was all those things. And, and furthermore, again... The government didn't lie and say Sam Gerard was the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous men in the world, and and yeah. make up sculptor, you know, withhold sculptory evidence and make up literal, flat out lies, put snipers on the hill and point guns at your family. Okay, the Sam Gerard case is just as important, but it's, the stakes are not near as abusive or as in your face. And that's the point about Ammon that I'm making is that out of that, most people, probably even me, would be very angry. I don't think I'd be calling for war, but I would be livid. Yeah. <clears throat> this guy is so humble, it's shocking. In a good way, don't misunderstand me, but I mean, it's just, 
Wow. Yeah, I, I would definitely put Ammon on the list, and, and I think that's a great choice. All uh, right, I, so here's the headline now. I just morphed the headlines between Ammon Bundy and Greta Thunberg now. I and might the headline... go, uh, I'll tell you what, who I would actually go with, too, yeah? in my top three. Yeah? Joe Bannister. I concur with that one. Good point. He's been abused yeah. for a long time, for sure. I would also po- possibly consider a Steve Stockman. And the reason that I would, again, is Steve is suffering just the same. What did he do? He tried to hold accountability as an elected servant. Right. That's even up to the ante in several ways, too. His response would be, well, you guys elected me to do these things, and I'm doing them. Amen, sir. But here's the headline. Quote, Sam Bushman publicly calls for Ammon Bundy to be nominated for the 2020 Nobel Peace Prize. Think of that for my headline, sir. Yeah, love it. All right. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Now, did you know that a huge number of Americans are satisfied with their personal lives? Some are claiming up to 90%. Do you believe it, Sheriff? That is amazing. I saw that. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty astonishing, Sam. Um, are you one of them? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I, I'm, where I'm not satisfied is with principles of liberty and, and and the problems with uh public corruption and and political corruption that's where i have my problem with as far as my my life with my wife and my stability with my job and career um yeah i am i'm satisfied uh, i'm a i'm a pretty optimistic person anyway uh where i do fear some of that is that i have no retirement and I'm obviously at retirement age, and I do uh, fear that that I. W- no, you're not, sir. You're supposed to work with your boots on until you're ninety. Come on. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's what I. That's another thing I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, hour one in the can. Hour two coming up. Sam Bushman and the good sheriff Richard Mack. CSPOA.org is his website. Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. SheriffMack.com is where you can find his books and where you can find a summary of his decision where he beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. A whole lot more. Hour one done. Hour two coming up. we got a lot to discuss. Are you satisfied with your personal life? 90% of Americans claim they are. Well, then why do we have so much suicide and so much... Uh, anyway, bread and circus. All right, quick pause. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable. Dot... Donate today, would you? We declare this nation shall endure. <laughs> 